Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It is twice blessed. It blesseth him that gives and him that takes. This is Shakespeare. The Merchant of Venice, Portia is importuning Shylock to show mercy. Shylock asks, on what compulsion must I? Portia knows that she cannot demand it. The quality of mercy is not strained, meaning it is not forced or compelled by outside forces. Mercy has to come from within, from somewhere deeply embedded in our moral character from the understanding that as much as showing mercy will bless the person to whom it will, is shown, it will also bless the giver. Shakespeare, of course, didn't make this up. The directive to show mercy, an alchemical blend of benevolence, forgiveness, and kindness, shows up in every major religious tradition. In Hinduism, a spiritual awakened life leads one to feeling compassion, which in turn leads to mercy. Mercy, called daya, removes bad karma and is rewarded with kripa, translated as grace or kindness. Mercy is also to be extended to animals, and for this reason, many Hindus are vegetarian. In Judaism, Yahweh is recognized as merciful. The Lord, the Lord, a God, merciful and glorious, Show, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. In Buddhism, Kuan Yin or Kanon is the bodhisattva of mercy and compassion. In Christianity, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount tells us, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. If you look up into the balcony to your right at the center there, you will see Louis Comfort Tiffany's exquisite stained glass rendering of this beatitude, you can see that the angel is breaking a sword over its knee. And in Islam, most merciful, Al-Rahman, is one of the many names of Allah, and compassionate, Al-Rahim, is the most common name in the Quran. My former student of blessed memory, our intern Dan Kane, did his clinical rotation at a hospital for the criminally insane. On his first day there, he met an older woman called Mary, who, like every good person he ever met, was instantly drawn to him. Dan's mother had died. Mary fussed over him maternally, and he grew very fond of her. Dan never asked her what she was doing in the hospital, but one day he decided to look up her records. As it turned out, Mary had murdered her children. By definition, a mother has to be out of her mind to kill her kids. 
By law, psychosis explains it, but does not forgive it. The court remanded Mary to remain in prison for the rest of her life, or four lifetimes, one for each child, whichever came first. Dan told me that he decided then never to read another chart. He wanted to take his patients as he found them, without the temptation to judge them by their crimes. And he felt that of all the gifts Mary gave him, including helping to heal the wound of the loss of his mother, the greatest was the blessing of a deepened understanding and experience of mercy. I think of mercy in a religious context, but I suspect that most of the world thinks of it in a social or legal context, compassionate behavior shown by someone with the upper hand. My friend Heidi Brieger is a judge who hears some of the very worst cases in the Commonwealth, spending the better part of her waking hours with murderers, rapists, and child molesters. I've wondered a lot about how she does it, how she lives with the ever, ever presence of evil incarnate. Recently, she told me she has a placard on her bench. Just one word, mercy. It was probably French philosopher and playwright Voltaire who said to understand all is to forgive all. I repeat it a lot, to understand all is to forgive all. I'm being haunted in the best way by two stories that came across my desk recently, two tales of extraordinary mercy. The first came across the AP wire from Iran. Her son's killer stood on a chair on the gallows, his hand shackled the noose around his neck, hundreds crowded outside the jailhouse to see if the grieving mother, Samara Alinajad, would exercise her right to kick away the chair to hang him. But after seven years of dreaming of revenge, up until the last moment that she held her son's killer's life in her hands, Samara pardoned. Bilal Girastari. That act has made her a hero in her hometown, Royan, in the north on the shores of the Caspian Sea, where banners in the street commend her mercy. Two weeks after the dramatic scene at the gallows, well-wishers are still passing her home to praise her. Samara says that retribution has been her only thought since her 17-year-old son, Abdullah, was knifed in a street brawl. My world collapsed when I heard about my son's death, she says. If I pardoned the killer and saved him from death, how would I be able to live anymore? I told my husband if he were spared, I would die. The Islamic law's concept of kisas, which is akin to an eye for an eye, gives the families of murder victims in Iran and some other Muslim company, countries the final choice over whether convicted killers live or die, and the chance to oversee the killer's execution. Alternatively, forgiving Kisas is seen as an act of charity and a chance to atone for one's sin. This option to show mercy is often in return for blood money payments of about $35,000. Complicating Samara's grief was the earlier death of her only other child, Amir, 
He was riding a bicycle when he was hit by a motorcycle. Almost beyond comprehension, one of the boys on the motorcycle was Bilal Giyashiri, her elder son's murderer. Samara walked slowly toward the gallows. A blindfolded and weeping Bilal Giyashiri pleaded with her, forgive me, he said, show your mercy. Samara moved in close, face to face, and slapped him across the face. And then she and her husband, Abdel Ghani Holsanzadeh, slipped the noose off his neck. The crowd stood in shocked silence. Some of them broke into applause. The death sentence had been commuted. He will serve 12 years in prison. Samara Alinajad refused the blood money that had been raised, donating it instead to charity. She feels, she says, relief. This slap made me feel as if all the bad blood that had accumulated in my heart over the years suddenly burst and poured out. I became peaceful. I do not think about revenge anymore. Abraham Lincoln said, I have always found that mercy bears richer fruits than strict justice. Because the death of a child is an especially egregious offense to the natural order, mercy shown by parents for their children's murderers is particularly extraordinary. The second story of extraordinary mercy is from closer to home. In February of 1993, Mary Johnson's only child, her 20-year-old son, Loramium Bird, was shot after an argument at a party in Minneapolis. The killer was O'Shea Israel, a drug and gang-involved 16-year-old. He was tried as an adult, sentenced to 25 and a half years, and served 17 years before being released. Initially, Mary wanted him locked up. My son was gone, she says. I was angry. I hated this boy. Hatred, anger, hatred, anger. I wanted him to be caged up like the animal he was. In her misery, she asked if she could meet O'Shea. A devout Christian, she felt compelled to see if she could find a way to forgive him. At first, O'Shea refused. Nine months later, he changed his mind. Visiting him for the first time, Mary greeted him saying, look, you don't know me and I don't know you. Let's just start with right now. Mary founded a support group and counseled mothers whose children had been killed, encouraging them to reach out to the families of their murderers who were also victims. Hurt is hurt, she says. It doesn't matter what side you're on. She began to see O'Shea regularly, and when he was released from prison, she did something beyond all imagining. She introduced him to her landlord, who, with Mary's blessing, rented him the apartment next door to hers. Mary and O'Shea are close friends now, which Mary credits to her deep faith, but she says she has a selfish motive as well. Unforgiveness is like a cancer, she says. It will eat you from the inside out. It is not about the other person. 
My forgiving him does not diminish what he's done. He murdered my son. But the forgiveness, the mercy, is for me. She wears a two-sided locket with a photo of herself and Loramian on one side and O'Shea on the other. For his part, O'Shea says he struggles with all of it. I haven't totally forgiven myself. He says, I'm learning to forgive myself. And I'm still growing toward trying to forgive myself. He hopes to prove himself to the mother of the man he killed, working at a recycling plant during the day and attending college at night. He's determined to pay back Mary's clemency by being a contributing member of society. These days, Mary Johnson and O'Shea Israel visit churches and prisons together to speak about forgiveness and reconciliation and the power of mercy. Beloved spiritual companions, the quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It is twice blessed. It blesses him that gives and him that takes. Samara Alinejad and her husband, Abdelghani Hosseinzadeh, mercy. Mary Johnson, mercy. May their extraordinary power of example inform the ways we regard our own injuries, the way we hold on to anger and hatred, and the ways we let them go. And consider the life-giving possibilities of mercy. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.